Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. His faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. Silver. Major Mark Bradley, the executive of the post, entered the colonel's office and closed the door behind him. The colonel was studying some papers on his desk, and the major hesitated a moment before he spoke. You sent for me, sir? The colonel's head jerked up, his eyes blazing. He roared, Who are you? When the colonel insisted on strict formality, it was a danger signal. Without a word, Mark made a smart about face and left the room. Then he knocked on the door. He waited a full two minutes. Finally, from inside the office... Mark saluted. Major Bradley reporting his audit, sir. The colonel returned the salute. At ease. At this stage in your career, you shouldn't have to be reminded of the fundamentals of military courtesy, Major. No, sir. I've received orders from the War Department, forwarded through the headquarters of the Western Command at Fort Lincoln. Yes, sir. But since you're one of the Western Commander's favorites, one of General Homer's bright young men, I don't suppose there's any necessity of telling you what's in the orders. 
Well, have you anything to say? No, sir. Then, for your information, I have been relieved of this command. And you are to take my place. Don't tell me the news is unexpected. I'm sure it means a promotion for you, sir. This is only a frontier post. In Washington... In Washington, I'll do nothing. I'm a fighter, Major, not a desk soldier. You have a fine record, sir. Yeah, it's been too good. The War Department's decided to coddle the Indians, so I must be removed. Well, I'm sure... Sure, sure, yes, you're very sure. But I stand by every recommendation I've made to Washington. There's gold in the Indian Territory west of here. That land should be open to prospectors. That means Thundercloud's tribe should be moved out, moved farther west. Into the mountains? And why not? Well, we have a treaty with Thundercloud. I say right a new one. Thundercloud wants peace. But he'll fight before he consents to give up the land that's rightfully his. Let him fight. If I were in command here, he'd be beaten. There's no getting away from Washington's directive, sir. Settlers are to be kept out of the Indian Territory. And uh, you intend to follow the directive? There's no choice. There might have been. I don't understand. Oh, yes, you do. I've been hoping for just one incident. One case in which settlers are attacked by the Indians. Men, I'd have shown them. I can't believe you'd want another Indian war, sir. A good soldier never avoids a fight, Major. The Army's mission is to preserve the peace. Preserve it, then. Truckle to the savages. Play safe. To be fair, you... All right, all right. The Western commander's won. He's rid of me. But it will take at least a week to make an inventory of all the public property in the fort. And I shall retain command until it's completed. Yes, who is it? Come in. Sir, I've just been down to the stables. Found Corporal Kane of Company C loading rifles and ammunition into a freighter's wagon. Said he was acting under orders. I never heard of any such order. Rifles and ammunition? Fifty rifles, twenty-four cases of ammunition. Looks like a case of theft to me. Where is Kane? I got him and the freighter waiting outside. Bring them in. Yes, sir. All right. Come in, you two. Colonel, I don't know what this is all about. He's the freighter, named Zach Torrance. Brought a load of flour in late this afternoon. That's right, and the cook gave me supper. I was just getting ready to leave when this soldier said he had a job for me. Transport some guns and ammunition to Chief Thundercloud. To Thundercloud? Ask him. What's the meaning of this, soldier? I was acting under orders, sir. Whose orders? Your company commander's? Well, no, sir. The order came directly from Major Bradley, sir. Oh, is that so? It isn't true, Colonel. Oh, Major, I have it in writing right here. This will be your authority to ship 50 rifles and 24 cases of ammunition to Chief Thundercloud in the Indian Territory. Let me see that paper. Oh, yes, sir. I didn't write that, Colonel. Yeah, it seems to be in your handwriting. It's your signature. May I see it? Yes, yes. Well? It does seem to be my handwriting. But I didn't write it, Colonel. This is a forgery. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Major, I... Out with it, soldier. What's your story? I was only following orders, sir. I've been working in the ordnance warehouse. Major Bradley came in there this morning. Said that according to the treaty with Thundercloud, we had to supply him with firearms... The man's and... lying. Go on. I don't know anything about the treaty, of course. Tell me exactly what Major Bradley said. Well, sir, he said I was to break out 50 rifles and 24 cases of ammunition and hire the first freighter who came in to take them to Chief Thundercloud. He told me I wasn't to mention the shipment to anyone. Well? When I reminded him that no rifles could leave the warehouse without a written order, he gave me one. Well, there it is. That's all I know, sir. Major? Colonel, I wasn't in the ordnance warehouse all day. I did not write this order. 
But I've written many similar orders, and there's nothing distinctive about my handwriting. It'd be easy for anyone to imitate it. Someone has done that very thing and done it well. This paper is a clever forgery. It doesn't look like a forgery to me. Sir, you can't believe that I'd sell government property to the Indians. Perhaps there was no question of selling. Perhaps you believe that Thundercloud should be provided with the means to defend his territory against trespassers. Colonel Sheldon, you're accusing me of theft. This soldier's accused you. And it's my duty to make a thorough investigation of the charge to decide whether court-martial proceedings should be brought against you. Sir, I... Naturally, the orders from Washington must be held in abeyance until the whole matter is cleared up. You'll be confined to your quarters till further notice, Major. But, Colonel, I... Escort Major Bradley to his quarters, Sergeant, and see that a guard is placed on them. Dismissed! following day, the news of the Major's arrest spread through Rocky Ridge, the closest town to the fort. It was there Tonto learned of it. He reported to the Lone Ranger, who was camped in the hills outside the town. Tonto repeated everything he had heard. Zack Torrance's first-hand account of what had happened, the gossip of the townspeople, and the news of later developments brought by soldiers who had business in Rocky Ridge. So the Colonel has decided that the charge against Major Bradley... Will merely be attempted theft. Well, that what soldiers say. Could easily have been treason, giving aid and comfort to the enemy. But you not think Major traitor? No, of course not. The order Private King showed the Colonel must be a forgery. We know General Homer. We know he doesn't make mistakes when it comes to judging character. I have every confidence in Major Bradley's integrity. What we must find out is who wants to ruin his reputation. Mm, Colonel... Not want to give up command of fort. But the colonel's a good soldier. He wouldn't stoop to manufacturing evidence against a subordinate. No. Uh, maybe Torrance, Kane, try steel rifles. Put blame on Major when them get caught. Oh, they were certain to be caught. They had no chance of getting those rifles outside the fort. They expected to be caught, Toto. Uh, maybe so. Yes, this is a plot against the Major. Torrance and Kane are obviously small fry. Hired by someone else. The question is, who? Well, me follow Torrance when him leave Capayan town. Him go to house where Darcy lives. Roger Darcy, the land speculator? Not right. Well, now we're getting somewhere. Roger Darcy, who's been agitating from here to Washington, trying to get the reservation open to settlers. Him want gold. And trouble with the Indians, so there'll be some excuse to deprive them of their land. He knows there'd be no chance of that with Bradley commanding the fort and standing up for the Indians' rights. No one could be more interested in discrediting the Major. From now on, we'll keep a close watch on Darcy, Toto. The house where Roger Darcy lived had been built for a territorial governor. It was a large place surrounded by a wide veranda and a second-story balcony. That evening, the Lone Ranger and Tonto drew rein and dismounted in a grove of trees near the house. They were just in time to see two men entering the front door. One of those men is wearing a uniform, Tonto. Ah. Kimasabi, that Kane, and other fellow, Zach Torrance. Together, and visiting Roger Darcy. I'd like to hear what they have to say to him. Come on.
Private Kane and Zach Torrance followed Darcy into what had once been the governor's library, and which now served as Darcy's office. It was a mistake for you to bring Kane here, Zach. Well, he insisted on coming, boss. Why, Kane? I want to know what you're up to. What's Zach's up to? It doesn't concern you. I think it does. You might as well tell him, boss. We heard Hank Carter and Joe Smith talking it over. How much did you hear, Kane? Uh, enough. Zach's going to take Hank and Joe and half a dozen others to Rainbow Canyon, inside the reservation. He's persuaded the poor fools that Thunderclouds made a deal with him, that they're to be allowed to prospect the canyon. Well, that's the whole story. Now, Zach hasn't made any deal with Thundercloud. If Hank and the others choose to believe him, it's their business, isn't it? Oh, they'll all be killed. Rainbow Canyon's more than Indian territory. It's sacred ground. You and I know that. Hank and his friends don't. Oh. You want them to be killed. Why not? The colonel will send troops into the territory. Of course. There'll be a nice little war, and when it's over, the Indians will be moved farther west. What's your objection? Pay me off now, and I won't object. No, no. Your work isn't finished until you testify against the major at his court-martial. Now, listen, there's a lot of paperwork connected with the court-martial. And if the colonel decides to invade the territory before it's finished, there'll be no trial. Not until after your little war has been fought. What of it? I might have to hang around here for months. Were you planning to desert Private King? Oh, you know I was. You'll have to postpone it. How would you like me to go to the colonel and tell him it was you who forged that order for the rifles and ammunition? <laughs> well, you wouldn't do anything like that. Oh, wouldn't I? And get yourself sent to jail as an accessory? I want my money now. You'll get your money when you've earned it, and I... What was that? What was what? I thought I heard footsteps upstairs. Ah, rats. We'll see. <laughs> What are you so jumpy about, boss? You two might have been followed here. But how could anybody get inside the house? The door's barred. What's to stop anyone climbing up the balcony and getting in one of the upstairs windows? If some friend of the major happened to hear what we've been talking about... Look, down the hall. Someone going through the window out to the balcony. Stop! There they are. Two men running for the wood. Stop them! curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue. 
It was on a dark night nearly a week later that Zack Torrin started into the Indian Territory with Hank Carter, Joe Smith, and four other men. Uh, don't make sense, Zack. Trying to follow a trail on a night like this. I know the way. Hey, but if we have Thunderclaw's permission, what's the matter with traveling by daylight? I promised him he'd get half the gold we mined. I also promised him that I'd keep the deal a secret. He wants to use his share of the gold to buy rifles and ammunition. Doesn't want the army to know anything about it. There's no business of the armies. That's right. But if we left town by daylight, the soldiers would be sure to ask questions. So with some of them around, and we might be followed by some would-be prospectors, too. Thundercloud gave me permission to bring six men into the territory. That's all. Uh, how far is it to Rainbow Canyon? We'll be there by morning. Uh, good enough. Zack was nervous all during that ride, and even more nervous the following day as the men made their camp in Rainbow Canyon. But there was no sign of Indians, and he breathed more freely as the shadows lengthened. As soon as it was completely dark, he slipped away from the camp. He walked his horse to the head of the canyon, and when he reached it, prepared to mount and hightail it out of the territory, leaving Hank and the others to their certain fate. But just as he placed his foot in the stirrup, a bullet kicked up the gravel in front of him. He whipped out his gun and fired in the direction from which the shot had come. His fire was returned, bullets spattering all around him. Then he realized there was no escape from the canyon. Steady, Philip. Get up. Come on. He mounted and raced back to the camp. He could see the miners standing around their campfire as he rounded a bend in the canyon. Their guns were ready for action. But in contrast to the previous night, there wasn't a cloud in the sky and the moon was full. Zack knew he would be recognized and didn't slacken his pace. Take it easy. Take it easy. Ho, ho, ho. No, Indians. Indians? Huh? They were shooting at you? Yeah. Why? Why didn't you tell them who you were and that you had Thunderclaw's permission to prospect the canyon? He's double-crossed us. He means to kill us all. Why, that dirty... There's only one thing we can do. Make a break for it. Get to your horses, men. We'll fight our way out. Right. Wait, wait. Not so fast. There's someone riding this way. A man on a white horse. Let him have it. No, you don't, Zach. Give me that gun. He isn't any engine. He said he was a friend. He's wearing a mask. He's an outlaw. We're seven to one. Said he was a friend, and we'll give him a chance to prove it. Give me back my gun. I'll keep him covered with your gun. <laughs> What's your business, stranger? I come from Chief Thundercloud. He's a renegade. Shoot him down. I'm no renegade. I'm a friend of the chief's. And if you want to save your lives, you'll listen to me. Well, Thundercloud gave us permission to prospect here. What do you mean by double-crossing us? It isn't the chief who's double-crossed you. Tell him, Zack. Tell him about the agreement you made. Yeah, he promised to let me bring men in here to dig for gold. He was to get half. You're lying, Zach. Lying? No, Hank, I swear he promised me. Are you ready to listen to me, men? Very well. This canyon is sacred ground to the Indians. Thundercloud would never give anyone permission to prospect here. Zach knew that. He brought you here, and he intended to sneak away tonight to leave you to be killed by the Indians. That isn't true. He was trying to escape a few minutes ago. The Indians stopped him at the head of the canyon. No. If you weren't trying to get away, what were you doing up there? I was only scouting around. It's a likely story. Go on, mister. What's behind all this? Why did he want us killed? Because he's working for a man named Roger Darcy. And Darcy wants to start another war. When the news of your death reached the fort, Darcy counted on the colonel sending his troops against Thundercloud. Now, look, mister, you said you were a friend of the chiefs. Can't you explain to him that the only reason we're here is because we thought we had his permission? He knows that. Well, then we're free to go? 
On one condition. Name it. That you persuade Zack to tell the truth about Major Bradley. I don't understand. And that he sign this confession. Confession? Here. Read it aloud. Major Bradley's court-martial got underway the following morning with Colonel Sheldon presiding. The charge was read. The trial judge advocate presented the case for the prosecution. And when the prosecution rested, Bradley, who had refused the services of a defense counsel, rose to address the court. Mr. President, gentlemen, I have been charged with theft. This is a special court, so the maximum sentence it can impose is six months in the guardhouse. However, if I am convicted, the court must realize that I shall have to resign my commission. If the War Department requests it... The War Department will, sir. My usefulness as an officer will be at an end. As for my defense, I have only my word and only my record to back it up. I wish to be sworn in. Place your hand on the book. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Proceed. Private Kane has testified that I visited the ordnance warehouse on the morning of June 24th. That is untrue. I spent the entire morning in my office, with the exception of one hour during which I inspected the stables. I did not order Kane to ship rifles and ammunition to Chief Thundercloud. And I did not write the authorization which has been submitted as evidence. I am absolute innocent of the charges which have been made against me. And all you have to say? Yes, sir. Nothing more I can say. What's going on outside? Come in! Colonel Sheldon! What's going on out there, Sergeant? What's all the noise? Sir, the whole town is gathered outside the gates. They're protesting against this trial. Protesting? And that isn't all, sir. The guards have just admitted four men into the fort. Who are they? Zach Torrance, the freighter who was involved in this case. Roger Darcy, a masked man. What, an outlaw? The guards let him inside the fort? Have they gone crazy? Well, there was nothing they could do about it, sir. The fourth man in the party is General Homer. What? The commander of the West? Yes, sir. Oh, here he is now. Come in. Henshunt. That is. Good morning, Colonel. Good morning, sir. I see the trial is already underway. It's nearly completed, sir. The defense has rested. I should like some additional witnesses to be heard. Why, of course. These two men, Zach Torrance and Roger Darcy... And with Major Bradley's permission, I should like this masked man to be appointed as his defense counsel. Why, the, this outlaw? I'm agreeable, sir. It's unheard of. The Articles of War permit civilian counsel. What a masked man. I'll vouch for him personally. Uh, well, in that case... Uh... You may proceed, sir. Thank you, General. Zach Torrance, take the stand. Place your hand on the book. Will you swear him in, Colonel? Yeah. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? I do... Tell the court what you did on the afternoon and evening of June 24th. Well, at noon I had dinner at Roger Darcy's house. He gave me an army requisition. It was an order for the shipment of 50 rifles and 24 cases of ammunition to Chief Thundercloud. Then... Just a moment. Was there any conversation about that order? Yeah. I said, let me see the requisition Kane pulled out of the files last week. Darcy showed it to me and then he asked me what I thought. I said, you've copied Major Bradley's signature perfectly, and the rest of the writing looks like his, too. Go on. Well, from Darcy's house, I drove my wagon to the mill, where it was loaded with flour. Then I drove to the fort and delivered the flour to the commissary. 
The cook gave me supper. After supper, I drove my wagon around to the ordnance warehouse where I'd been told Private Kane would be waiting for me. Who told you that? Uh, Roger Darcy. I gave Kane the order Darcy'd given me. That will be all, Torrance. Will Roger Darcy take the stand? No, you can't make me admit anything. You promised to testify, and you came here with us of your own free will. Sure. Because if I hadn't, that mob in town would have killed me. I came here for protection. The army may be able to arrange protection for you. Colonel, I have a full confession here, signed by Zach Torrance. And I should like to read the concluding section. It will explain why Darcy feels his life is in danger. Proceed. It was agreed between Roger Darcy and me that I should be As the Lone Ranger read the confession which Zach Torrance had signed in Rainbow Canyon, exposing Darcy's plot to start an Indian war, the colonel's face grew stern and his lips were compressed into a grim line. Then, just as the masked man finished reading, there was a scuffle near the door. Hold on there. What's the matter, Sergeant? Private Kane, trying to sneak out, sir. Arrest him. Yes, sir. You're under arrest, you spalpeen. So you want protection, Darcy. I demand it. Well, personally, I don't blame the townspeople for wanting to kill you. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I... we'll give you protection. Good. In the guardhouse. The guardhouse? And tomorrow you'll be taken under an armed guard to the state capitol. When the federal courts get through with you, it's my guess you'll have protection for the next 20 years. Sergeant. Yes, sir? Darcy, Torrance, and Private King to the guardhouse. Yes, sir. All right, go on. Come on, Major Bradley. Yes, sir? I'm dismissing the charge against you. Thank you, sir. And I apologize. That isn't necessary, Colonel. In view of the evidence against me... I should have questioned it from the beginning. I should have made a thorough investigation of Torrance and Private Kane before I prepared charges against you. But there's still a great deal about this affair I don't understand. I... Say, where's that mask man? He's gone, Colonel, but perhaps I can answer your question. Well, first, how do you happen to be here? I came in response to a message from the masked man. He'd learned of Darcy's plan to start a war with the Indians, and we went to Thundercloud together. Oh? When Torrance led those prospectors into Rainbow Canyon, we were waiting for them. The masked man rode into the camp alone. He convinced the prospectors they had been used to further Darcy's plans. And their anger was enough to make Torrance sign a full confession. I see. Of course, uh, Thundercloud had already agreed there would be no bloodshed. But neither the prospectors nor Torrance knew that. They believed that only the masked man could save them from the Indians. Yes. Well, as a matter of fact, he did. And he's given us enough evidence to put Darcy in jail for a long, long time. It seems to me that Thundercloud acted with great good judgment. He wants peace. He deserves it. And even if I were to remain here, well, I'm convinced, General. It's the Army's duty to protect the Indians' rights. Um, I have only one more question, sir. And that? How does it happen that a general in the United States Army is able to place such extreme confidence in a man who wears a mask? To understand, Colonel, you'll only have to hear his name. He is the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. <laughs>